Unit 4 is always a very good thinking exercise, but I think when applied to scripture, it becomes even more significant on a personal or individual basis. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Well, Andrew, we're going to do something that I don't know that we've ever actually done so directly before in a podcast. What's that? We're going to talk about one of our products. Why are we going to do that? (laughs) Because it's a product that you wrote. This is your book. This is Bible-based writing lessons. Well, and a few other good souls. Yes, that's right. You definitely had help with this project, especially with the new edition. But oftentimes in our conversations, we talk about listening, speaking, reading, writing, thinking, other types of content. And then throughout the conversations, we might have some products to recommend that we usually show in our show notes. And there's links to the poetry memorization course that we have. There's links to teaching writing structure and style, of course, our flagship product, our core where it all began product. So today, though, I just thought it would be really fun for our listeners to hear a little bit of the history of these theme-based writing lessons and, you know, kind of generally. Yeah. We actually publish and sell 13 different theme-based books right now. Mm -hmm. How did that grow to that number? And do we have plans for more is often a question. But more specifically, how did Bible-based writing lessons first come about and what is new with the new edition? Right. Well, once upon a time, there was only one product. That's right. <laughs> the teaching, writing, structure, and style. That was so long ago, but yet I know it was in recent history because that's all I knew about. Well, and, you know, it was a great thing mm-hmm. to teach people how to do our system, how to teach it. You know, they come, they learn, they do some practicum exercises, and then they go forth back to their homes and classrooms and design all their own writing lessons. Right and make it directly connected with the interests and reading level and aptitude of their students. And of course, the problem is we're dealing with moms and teachers who are both very busy, capital V, capital B, (laughs) people. And so uh, the first thing that I put together, and it's funny, something caused me to go look at some very old uh, files on my computer. I was looking for a date And so I ended up looking at one of these newsletters back from before you came on board. Yes. There were simply the teaching, writing, instruction, style, the articles for for note-taking and summarizing. Right. Extra resources for units one and two. Yeah. A a set of mini books Mm -hmm. and a set of pictures. Mm -hmm. And people had that. Mm -hmm. But no support with that. No Mm support. Schedule, no formatting, no turn the page so you know what to do this week. Kind no of checklists. Thing. So I got the idea of 
putting together a set of lesson plans. And I talk with Dr. Webster, you know, would he be interested in helping with this? Because mm-hmm. he's retired, he has plenty of time, and uh, <laughs> he actually knows the Bible very, very well. Hmm. He grew up, his grandfather was a, a minister in the United Church of Canada. Hmm. He grew up teaching Sunday school, and so his Bible literacy uh, level is quite high, really. Plus, as an historian, you know, you have to have an, an African history Middle Eastern history. Right. So uh, I just said, let's put together a set of lesson plans that goes through all nine units. And I like the idea of the Bible, you know, for two reasons. One, it would serve well our most of our clientele, which at that time were Christian homeschoolers and classical Christian schools. And then also, it's interesting, but no one ever says, well, what's the reading level of the Bible? It has no reading level. No one says, oh, that's too easy, don't bother, or oh, no, it's too hard, don't try. So it seemed to me the perfect set of sources. And uh, another thing that he and I liked was the idea that there are many different translations of the Bible. And so people, even when they're trying to be accurate, do find different ways to say the same thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was kind of another upside point to that. And in the first edition, we used uh, various different translations from, you know, King James to Douay Reims and all all tried to be public domain, so we didn't have to worry about permissions. And then because we hadn't really done anything else, we wanted to put in the first edition – checklists that could be adjusted. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I hadn't actually at that time articulated the easy plus one idea as clearly as we have in the past decade. So how do you customize a lesson for students of different levels? So that's where we first came up with the ABC idea. And so there was a slower checklist for level A and a little bit faster checklist for levels B and a very fast checklist for level C, which I thought was nice because then you could do Bible-based writing lesson with, you know, kids of all different grades inside a family Mm -hmm. and then just give them the checklist that was appropriate to Mm -hmm. their, you know, age and aptitude and speed. So let me just ask you, just for clarification, you're saying that the idea of levels A, B, and C was first thought of in the context of Bible-based writing lessons. Yes. I did yeah. not know that. No, that was Webster and I came up with mm-hmm. this. How can we create lesson plans that are, you know, usable by anybody right. at any level? And right now we've kind of been more intentional about saying level A would be a resource for students who are reading at a third to fifth grade reading level. Correct. Level B, students who are reading at a sixth to eighth grade reading level, level C, high school reading level. Now, that doesn't mean, and let me just ask you this, that doesn't mean that if you've got a a child who's 10 years old who's reading at a high school level, that they would necessarily be using a resource for high schoolers. No. It, you know, the, the grades and levels are are very fluid yes. as they have to be because you know there is no real definition of you know what is fifth grade writing i mean people have tried this many times and they they either fail because not every grade 5 student can do that or they're forced into making the language so vague that 
it's not useful anymore. So we just put that A, B, and C. It was a different speed of checklist, and it was kind of like choose your level, just what you think will work. And uh, uh, that's why the original version of the book, which I see you have a, a copy of the old, old one, mm-hmm. uh, has all three stripes on the cover. Mm-hmm. I also like that cover because I designed it. <laughs> the new cover is probably a little more striking and a little more professional. And but, you actually chose this image that we put on the cover. Yeah. So. But uh, you can kind of see as our company has become more attentive to mm-hmm detail and presentation and marketing your job (laughs) you know we've had to upgrade all sorts of things from you know the logo which is i think in its fourth or fifth generation Mm -hmm. as well as the consistency of design with the books and right yep but you know the core stuff the most important stuff that's Mm -hmm. the same because that is what we do right there's just a couple things i want to bring to the attention of our listeners that, as Andrew indicated, we have the original one had three different levels, and then you just kind of picked and chose what version of the Bible you wanted to use and what checklist you wanted to give. The new edition is pretty much a level B plus. It would be for level B students who perhaps have gone through our course, either through the student videos or through some other theme-based book because it's a little robust. It is. And the pacing of this is hard plus one. Well, not really. If you were brand new to IEW, it might be a little harder. But easy plus one is what we want. We start at the very beginning with the checklist, but this is just one level. And then the other thing that we did with this is we just chose one translation of the Bible. We use the New American Standard Bible. Um, for a couple reasons, uh, one the the ability for us to use this in a published work, the copyright allows for it because mm. it's less than a thousand verses in this whole book. Mm. Oh, good. So that worked out really well. But then there's that consistency right. within the course. Also, knowing that parents, there's so many more online resources now. If they wanted to have an easier reading level, they might need to grab the New Living Translation, or if they wanted something a little bit more challenging, they could, you know, go to the key. Yeah, and I think especially for the later units, Mm -hmm. 8, 9, and beyond, Mm -hmm. uh, having a second translation Mm -hmm. to read makes a lot of sense, because it's just going to enhance understanding. One of the interesting and uh, kind of not predicted by me, Mm. uh, reactions to the idea of Bible-based writing lessons was people uh, fearing, in a way, that somehow having children write about the Bible was having them rewrite the Bible in a way that would be um, forbidden Mm -hmm. by Scripture itself. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And so, it it created a little uh, friction there. You're Mm -hmm. You're having kids rewrite the Bible. And so we had to come up, I think, with a you know, a good explanation of what we're doing. Number one, in units one and two, we're having them paraphrase. They're not changing things. They're retelling information. One of the most well-known Bible study programs out there mm-hmm. uses essentially this same technique of keyword outlines and paraphrasing mm-hmm. so that you understand better. Uh, So we're not 
saying this child's retelling is, you know, infallibly correct, <laughs> yeah. like the original, but it's it's a method of learning it better. Unit three, of course, we're taking stories from the Bible uh, and retelling them. And of course, we aren't the first to do this. There's been you know, children's Bible storybooks for years that have told. And then there's even been some quite different retellings <laughs> uh, through groups like uh, Veggie Tales. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I think there's precedent for children being able to retell some of the parables and stories from the Bible. And Unit 4, of course, is uh, not just paraphrasing, but summarizing mm -hmm. another good way to focus on understanding. So right. here's too much information. What is the most important? Which which are the facts that make the cut, so to speak? Right. And that, that requires some real introspective thinking. Uh, one of the problems, of course, is most of the Bible is very compact to begin with, mm -hmm. and there's not a lot that could be cut out mm -hmm. like you might find in an encyclopedia article that just has too much information. Right. And um, I can see that this would be a problem because unit four, you're summarizing, which means you're not doing all of it. You're doing some of right. it. And what part of scripture do you leave out? <gasps> this is alarming. Yeah. So so you, you kind of kind of have to think, well, mm -hmm. of all that's there, what mm -hmm. are the five or six things that are most important to me? Right. And right. that does have relevance. Absolutely. And and all of the source texts are scripture. So yes. so unit four, the this lesson that you're talking about, our the source text is first Corinthians chapter thirteen mm -hmm. on love. And there to summarize this in one paragraph. It's very challenging. It's very challenging. But it but it's challenging in a good way because it forces you to carefully, you know, read and consider mm -hmm. and prioritize and judge, you know, which is the most important stuff, and then that's what you put into the paragraph. So, you know, it's, Unit 4 is always a very good thinking exercise, but I think when applied to Scripture, it becomes even more significant on a personal or individual basis. And any students who are listening to this podcast and are doing Bible-based writing lessons, let me give you a clue. But the greatest of these is love. It's the last verse in chapter 13. So if you don't include that, then you haven't found the most important. <laughs> well, well, yes, but that that's not the way we teach unit four, no. right? <laughs> no, we, that's we not the most important. We teach unit four thing. by saying the student gets to choose it's true. what to them is the most interesting, important, or relevant. Hands-off content. But yeah, there yeah. is kind of a clue there. <laughs> There's a clue. Uh, unit five, you know, we've got some pictures from mm -hmm. different Bible stories. Those could be, you know, used to retell that mm -hmm. story, or the pictures could be used in an inventive, creative way to tell a different story with different characters. And so pictures are very flexible. Yeah, we did uh, Daniel in the Lion's Den, mm -hmm. uh, Queen Esther, and then we did the Plagues of Egypt. Yes, of course, we didn't choose all 10 plagues. We just chose three of the most interesting ones to draw. Sure, sure. Oh, I, can I mention the illustrations? I think you know the illustrator. I do know the illustrator. This was actually a friend of mine from college who is a professional illustrator and an art teacher. And she works in Southern California. And her name is Kimberly Clara. And the the illustrations in this theme-based writing lessons book is 
probably better than anything we've ever yeah, gotten these, before. These are definitely the best art. And and she did this just as an act of love. And we'll put a link to her bio in the show notes. Okay, and, uh, good. And she, she teaches, you said. Yeah, she teaches yeah. in Southern California. So in the first edition, and I think we've continued this fairly closely in the new edition, one of my favorite things was Unit 6, mm-hmm. where we used the synoptic Gospels. Mm-hmm. So some of the things would be in in one or two or even three mm-hmm. of the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but some things wouldn't be in all three. And so to me, that's an excellent opportunity for students to study and say, aha, here was one gospel writer's description, and these were the things that he recorded. Here is another gospel writer's description, and oh, look at that. Same things, oh, something different. So to get the full picture of the event, to get the best possible understanding that we can, Mm -hmm. we need to read those gospels together. And what better opportunity than to use the multiple source uh, fused outline uh, approach of Unit 6. And, you know, I've had people tell me that just the Unit 6 idea from the very first edition of Bible-based writing lessons was some of the best Bible study Mm -hmm. they had with their kids. Yep. Uh, because you do have to get in depth, and and it kind of makes you wonder, you know, why did this one write it and the other one didn't? But right. uh, unit seven, of course, that's inventive writing. Yeah. So one of the lessons that they're doing in their unit seven is to describe a place. That's something that you often teach, but this place is describe the Garden of Eden. Yes. And just kind of maybe a picture, a a. A foreshadowing of what heaven would be like would be the Garden of Eden, and just to describe. What yes, that would and be. of course, I was all in favor of you know letting them describe hell, kind of like Dante <laughs> did in the Inferno. But I think uh, the consensus was we should be a little more uplifting. <laughs> right, right. And then, of course, Unit Eight. There's some more studies on faith and responsibilities of a Christian. Then we go to Unit Nine, and of course, this is a critique of a story. How do you critique scripture? Well, we give them the story of the miracle of Cana and the book of Ruth. And those are their stories that they're reading and looking for, the character setting conflict. Right. And and the in the conclusion of the critique, they're saying, you know, kind of what do you like or don't like about the story, but mm-hmm. you can go much more in depth and say, what do you learn from this story? Or what is the significance of this story right. to you? And so that, you know, that fits nicely. And it leads to uh, the last five or six lessons that are very advanced. Yes. And yes. Uh, we, we added these in for a specific reason. Yes, we have a lot of families, a lot of classrooms who are looking for a more direct classical connection. And so we actually called this model classical arrangement Essays. These are argumentative essays, and they ask, for example, the golden calf, should Aaron have created this golden calf? And then kind of the background of that, the reasons to support that argument, reasons to oppose the argument. Mm -hmm. And then just like we do in Unit 4, choosing the interesting or important ideas and include that in the essay, and then basically write 
and argumentative essays with proofs. Right. And a thesis statement in the introduction. And and that's uh, very good preparation mm-hmm. for someone going into um, you know a high school environment where they're going to write those types of argumentative right. you know pro con. Right. Um, and uh, I think we finish with my favorite one, which is. Should Jonah have gone to Nineveh? <laughs> it's right. Because <laughs> it's a very complex, you yes. know. Veggie Tales makes it look very simple. Like, yeah. Jonah didn't want to go. Right. But it's way more than that. So Nineveh was such a bad place. Yeah, I wouldn't let my kids go to Nineveh. You know, <laughs> maybe he well, was listening to his mother. <laughs> no, I mean, it was it was a political problem yeah. is yeah. what it was. Yeah. Um, Nineveh were the enemies of Jonah's people. Yeah, exactly. So, he wanted them destroyed. Why Why would he want right. to help his enemies? But I think it's so much in here that is going to, um, you know, be challenging, but it's a runway uh, so that, you know, most everyone should have good success. I think it's great if you can do this one in a small group mm-hmm. or a class yep. because part of the magic of the whole thing will be having the discussions that contribute to kind of the stirring up of ideas and content, and then the kids can grab on to different ideas and put those into their papers by the way. I also liked the idea of adding in literature suggestions. Mm -hmm. We didn't have that in the original, and uh, this is something we started doing in the Mm history-based, and that is to recommend a particular book, Mm -hmm. which I don't think is exactly connected with the units in any uh, limiting or concrete way. Right. Um, but you do see uh, you're probably hitting unit, you know, f- six around December, so there's a Christmas carol. Well, and then we did The Magician's Nephew for unit seven. For unit seven, so you've got that inventive, creative, mm-hmm. um, and you've got uh, the Trojan War Adventures of Odysseus there with the golden calf mm-hmm. corresponding yeah. know, time period of history. So uh, those, of course, are just... Option, Option, optional right. suggestions. But yeah. uh, I have a lot of parents who kind of ask me, well, what, what books should we read? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. adding that into the Bible-based, you know, gives them a list to choose from. Right. Another thing that we found very popular in our history-based writing lesson books is the vocabulary cards. Right, So right. we did vocabulary cards for this book. It did definitely made this book a lot thicker than the original. Well, and of course, we, we have a full-out uh you know, teacher's manual mm-hmm. that contains all the pages from the student book, right. plus the teaching tips and, and instructions on the side, mm-hmm. uh, so that we've standardized the the series here um, once again. Right. So, if you have experienced Bible-based li- lessons and enjoyed it, that's wonderful. Um, unfortunately, you can't buy it anymore. <laughs> when we, and that's something that I should probably share with our listeners. Whenever we come out with a new product, we do discontinue the previous version. We believe that this new version, this new edition of Bible-based writing lessons is far superior, that you'll have better success with it. We guarantee it. <laughs> and so we want you to, uh, you know, look into the new edition. And if you haven't yet experienced Bible-based or maybe you have heard from someone that it's a little bit challenging to use. As you said, this was the first one that we ever had, and this came out 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, about 15. Yeah. We've, we've learned a lot in those years, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. So, And, and um, I think overall, I think families and teachers' classrooms are going to be very happy with the new edition. You'll find your students have a great deal of success, and I think more importantly, getting that Word of God in their hearts. 
and really learning it. So, Andrew, thank you for working with us to create the new edition. Well, thank you for making it happen. Okay. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudois and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking. <laughs>